Welcome everybody back to the Friar Talk podcast and YouTube channel. Today we're going to be talking about a walk-off win, series win against the Pirates. A um, couple huge two-run shots today, you know, really, really helped the Padres out because you had a rough loss on Saturday. No one's really contributing. Everyone after Saturday is ripping how bad the outfield is. Today, Profar Grisham come up with two clutch two-run home runs. Profar was kind of a liner, but he absolutely smoked it. And Grish was almost foul, but he also absolutely smoked it. So two just monster, like really, really huge home runs. Um, this is a team that does not have a good offense. Uh, we've talked about this before. Isaac, I feel like people are kind of getting like, they're like, yo, why is the offense not that good? It's because it's, it's never been that good this year. That was, awesome. that was the expectation. This is not going to be a super exciting team before Fernando's back. Today we got some excitement, but I think only because it was extra innings with the walk-off. Um, but not a lot of offense, but I, I don't – I don't think there's a reason to like be like surprised by that at all. Um, reason to panic, maybe with a couple guys. Grisham is one of those guys that has been on that list. Hopefully today, you know, you see him hit this home run. We get you see some momentum. Um, Isaac, you actually brought it up like just when he was bunting at first, how you were kind of talking about him getting some momentum. So hopefully he gets that right. Yeah, absolutely. I I didn't want him to bunt. I know probably the whole Padres fan base wanted him to bunt, but. If you really think about it, most of the time, if he gets out, it's a ground ball to the second baseman, which either way, dude, it's going to move him over to third base. And, I mean, I know you might not want to take the risk, but he ended, it ended up paying off. He got a 2-0 count. He got a meatball, and he took advantage of it. So that was really good to see. Um, you talked about the offense. We all knew what it was going to be this offseason. We all knew, right? We all said this is going to be a very hard team to watch offensively. It's going to be very difficult for them to put up runs. Nonetheless, they're still I believe they're still in the top half in baseball and runs, I think. And I don't, I didn't really expect that. Um, I think here's the biggest thing. We said that by the time Fernando comes back, we have to be hovering around 500. And that's still a long ways away. You know, we still might be hovering around 500. We don't know what's going to happen. It's somewhat of a tough schedule coming up, but it gets very easy after that Mets series, I believe. Um, we're 30 and 17. We're 30 and 17 going up against, and I know people say, you know, you guys have had an easy schedule, 30 and 17. I believe we had the fifth easiest strength of schedule, but nobody's talking about that crap for the Giants, or not the Giants, sorry, the Dodgers. The Dodgers have had the second easiest schedule. They just played the Diamondbacks. They get to play the Pirates tomorrow. So, I mean, yeah, man, we're starting, we're looking really good right now. And I know, you know, it, I think what doesn't get factored in is that the Braves, even though they have a negative record, they're still a good team. And I believe there was another team that, that's uh that's a good team that has a negative record that we face but overall team looks fine and i i mean we've known this whole time up until fernando comes back we're gonna have to ride the pitching and the defense and we're just gonna have to hope for a bomb here and there and to manufacture some runs that's exactly what this Padres team has done um and i felt like a lot of people were panicking yesterday and today over an offense that was without their two best players I would say 85 to 90% of teams in baseball history would struggle without their two best players in the lineup, without two top 10 players in baseball in the lineup. So I'm very happy that they pulled out that win today. And, I mean, let's look forward to tomorrow's series against the Cardinals. Yeah, and something to bring up for tomorrow's series, um, Bob Melvin just came out and said that Manny Machado will be in the lineup tomorrow, so he is going to be back. That, Like you're saying, that's absolutely massive. Um, then you have another injury update. Will Myers is day-to-day. Um, I know Will Myers hasn't hit, had a high slugging amount, but, but it's day to day. It's like inflation. It's not like it, it or inflammation. I, I don't know exactly what it was, but I don't think it's like anything to be concerned about. Um, but it hurts because 
he's actually like one of our best hitters for Akers right now. Um, even though he's had like no pop in his bat. Um, yeah, knee inflammation. Uh, so that's why he is going to be out. Um, I see JDS, you just said that the Padres are 13 17 for the third uh, year in a row. That is crazy if that's the case. Um, I will say, like, I think the difference is that this team has a clear need. They need one to two outfield bats really badly. Um, and they also need Fernando back. I think the difference with the last two years, especially, and, and I say this would be the same thing with the playoff year because you look at it as a 60 game season. Do you remember who they lost right before they got into the playoffs? They lost their one and two pitchers. Like they would have had the same collapse as they did in 2021. This year you have all of the extra, you know, pitching and, and the starting pitching. So I think that's what makes the big difference there. Um, of course, injuries can always have a play, but I still think they're going to have to add a, add a bat. So like we were, we're talking about the offense. I never thought that they were going to be at this point going like, oh, this is a, a good one. AJ Tingler Preller. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, also, Gore's the future. Gore's nails. We haven't said anything about Mackenzie Gore. Dude was a monster today. He has been a monster all year. He's probably leading NL Rookie of the Year. They had made it seem like he was going to be on 120 uh, innings like restriction for the year, but he's been pitching a lot. Do you think he's they're going to move him into out of the rotation? Like, I know they don't want to. Of course they don't want to. The only reason they would do it is because of that innings restriction. But dude, he's been so good that like. I don't know what they do. Like, I don't think they're going to reevaluate or change that, but he is an absolute monster. Like, he is so good. I remember a year ago, we were all talking on here, and a lot of people were freaking out. Dude, Mackenzie Gore always had the stuff. It was just that he didn't have a year with COVID. He had all these coaching changes. He had a Larry Rothschild-led pitching staff where every single player underperformed under that staff, every single player, besides Musgrove. And then Musgrove's even been better this year than he was last year. Um, so I think that's a huge aspect. They put a lot of money into develop, like improving the de- developmental staff this year, and you bring in a Ruben Niebla-led pitching staff, boom, look at McKenzie Gore. He meets with Ruben a little bit before the winter. They adjust the mechanics. It was some really simple stuff. Boom, look at him. He is a monster. He looks like a future ace. He looks like the Padres' future ace for years to come. So I think when we're talking about McKenzie Gore, we got to talk about this guy in a very high regard. we got to remember that he was the number one prospect for a reason. And if he wouldn't have had the, the mechanical issues and he, if he would have just had a steady time along, and it doesn't really matter at this point, but we see the talent. We see why he was a top 10 prospect at one point. And frankly, right now, he's showing that he should have never left that, even though there was some issues going on around him and it led to him struggling a lot. But he is an absolute monster, dude. I think his ERA went down to like 171 or something like that. So he's been pretty fantastic. Um Super good to see, man. I mean, we knew what he had. We knew what he had. Uh, I think what stood out to me the most today was his off-speed. We've been saying all along, you know, if he's able to get his off-speed, you're going to see even more out of him. His fastball is already one of the best pitches in baseball. Now he's able to incorporate his off-speeds today, and he looks even better than he already has, and he already looked good before that. So it was so, so fun to watch him today. It's always fun to watch Mackenzie Gore. Um, Regarding the whole rotation thing, bro, I don't know. I really, really don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I think they might still throw him in the bullpen and have him like come in after after a Clevenger or something like that. I don't know. I think that's the best way to do it right now. He still gets his innings. Um, and if he is on an innings limit, then even better. He'll still get 
all those innings and he's still going to provide a lot of value to the team either way, even if it's, you know, only three innings or even have to, if he has to go five, he still provides a lot of value. So um, I want him in the rotation. It's just, you got Musgrove who's fantastic except for yesterday. We've won every single one of his starts and he's been one of the top 10 pitchers in baseball. You got Manaya, who, uh, yes, he does have a four ERA, but has provided quite a few quality, quite a bit of quality starts. And I mean, the only reason his ERA is so inflated is because sometimes he does allow those four or five run games. But other than that, he's been pretty good. Um, Darvish, dude, outside of two stars, Darvish has been fantastic. Snell is going to stay in the rotation. Like, I don't think they're going to remove Clevenger either. So, unfortunately, you can either do the six man or you can throw him in the bullpen. Either way, he provides value, man. Either way, he provides value. I think when um, right now, up until the bullpen's getting healthier, you know, you get back more home, you get back, or you get Castillo, you get all these guys back. I think you should have him in the bullpen for a little bit when Clevenger's back. Right now, you got to keep throwing him until Clevenger's back. But I think you should have him in the bullpen for for a little bit. It's not that long. Um, but when our bullpen is healthy, then you can start looking into that six-man rotation. And then even with the six-man rotation, too, he will pitch less often. So that even helps kind of attribute to the innings falling. Um, yeah. I mean, if you don't have the innings restriction, you're you're keeping them in the staff. It's not really a question. I think you, you agree with that, right? Like, it doesn't, wouldn't make any sense. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I also see Ace asks, should, he, should I get my Snell jersey now when he wins rookie of the year? I mean, I, I've been a believer in Snell. So I say, I say cop it. I say go for it. I bought my Trey Lance jersey on draft day, so I get way too excited Damn. to get my jerseys early. Yes. <laughs> so I'm, I 100% say rock with it. Go go get it. Um, how far with the save? Dude, that was a Dude, That worked play. out so good. That, that worked awesome. out so good. Oh, my God. He's got some clutch plays now. Oh, bro, I know. It was sick. It was so cool. I mean, what a lucky what a lucky day. <laughs> and, I mean, that's just going to happen. It's baseball. Like, bro, you see that all the time. You – if you played, you know that, that that happens kind of a lot. So I was actually really surprised to see that the, the guy on third even went. I was like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> but, I mean, it worked out worked out perfectly for us. And right after that happened, you had to know the Padres were going to win. You had to know the Padres. It, it felt inevitable. I didn't think it would be Trent Grisham, but, you know, nonetheless, it was going to happen. He's a Niners fan. Um, but, yeah, so I don't know, man. Super fun team to watch right now. I get so excited to watch them. I know their hitting is not good, but when you you just got to appreciate the pitching, man, the pitching and the defense, even if it's, you know, oh, man, this offense is struggling. We won't win many games with this offense. The Padres have won 10-plus games scoring, what, only three runs, and I believe not many other teams in baseball have done that. So they're winning these close games, and they're doing what they're supposed to do, beating up on some bad teams, and they kind of get slandered for it a little bit here and there for beating the bad teams, but they're doing what they're supposed to. They're doing what they're supposed to. And, uh, I mean, it's awesome. Dude, 100%. Also, um, I do see a comment here. CJ's uh, debuting today yes. in center field. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna, so we're going to have an episode on this tomorrow probably because I think this is a pretty big deal. But this, this is something that we should note. He is playing in center field. Um, he's been on fire in AAA. You guys have seen what the Padres outfield has looked like. We have been asking, please give him reps in the outfield. I hope there's more of this to come. But we're going to talk about this, like, full segment tomorrow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> see this one? Bro, you, you know what's Page number to eight? 
Nah, bro, that's not corny. I would rather see eight than oh my god, seventy-seven <laughs> bugs me so much, dude. Seventy-seven bugs me so much. Like of all the numbers, why did they give him seventy-seven? Dude, you can't if you pick an obscure number like that, you're not allowed to be good. That's the way it no, works. Exactly, that's the way it goes, bro. Number number one. Not cool, you look can't out. be good. Look how he's looking. <laughs> yeah, bro. Fernando's twenty-three, Machado's thirteen. I mean, bro, if your number's not cool, you're not good. <laughs> dude, I, I you ever seen that like after like the drafts and stuff? Some of the shows would be like, Oh yeah, they he picked this number. Done. <laughs> All right, sell your stock now. Sell your stock. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that's funny. All right, yeah. What else? What what is he you thinking about right now with this team? Oh, Voight. I want to talk about Voight. Let's yeah. talk about him, yeah. Everyone was talking about how Voight sucks and all this stuff. And then you look at his numbers and you're like, wait a second, this guy's an eight eight fifty career guy. He was in 2019, he was four percentile in with right. He mm-hmm. he's, he has a lot of swing and miss to his game. However, he absolutely destroys the baseball. Now it took him a while to get adjusted, but now he is getting on base at a way higher rate, and his bat is absolutely coming around. You're seeing him connect with the baseball more. Is there still a bunch of swing and miss? Yes. Right now oh, yeah. he is he has the most swing and miss in his in the game in, in the in, in the whole league. Yeah. Also, keep in mind before he went on the IL, it legitimately felt like he would walk up and swing and miss at three straight pitches every single time. So it was it was way worse before. Now he's connecting with the baseball. He's hitting a lot of home runs. He's hitting the ball a lot. He's on a nine-game hitting streak, hitting over 300 in that span. He also had a couple, he also had a ball that he absolutely killed that would have been like it had like an 890 expected batting average and like a crazy slugging, like almost a home run every time. And he got out on it. So like yep. he's also destroyed the ball just right to you guys too and got unlucky. But you're also seeing it come around. You're also seeing him get hits. It's not just the the Tommy Fam analytics of last year where it's like everything says he's good, but he's just not turning no. it around. It's like you're seeing it now. You're seeing him connect with baseball. So guys, Voight, Voight is a guy that coming into the year was probably expected to be the third best bat. Yeah. He could very easily end up being that by the end of the year. He had a rough start. He had a rough start, and he's going to strike out a ton. So if you're going to devalue him a lot, striking out and swinging and missing, then you're probably not going to believe that. You're, you know, you're probably not going to take that. Also, I don't think it helps with the ball's dead this year. I think that hurts his game especially. Um, but overall, as a player, he's going to be a solid contributor, I think, moving forward now. Yeah, he's gone on a nine-game hitting streak. He, everything looks better about him. I mean, obviously, you're going to get all those swings and misses. Like you said, it does lead the league right now, but um this is essentially what we thought he was gonna be uh when you look at it from a different standpoint you're like oh man there was so much pressure on him there was so so much pressure on him to be that power hitter and especially because who else was gonna do it it was really just gonna be him and manny so when he's starting to come around now you're starting to see the runs pile on uh maybe not at home i don't know if you guys know this at home I don't know if you guys brought it up in the last live stream or whatever. Petco Park is one of the worst hitting environments right now in, like, ever. So that's why you're seeing team like the Padres hit really bad there. Um, I believe it has, like, the second lowest batting average um, in MLB history at Petco Park. So in balls put in play. So I don't know, man. Really weird, especially because, yes, Petco is already a hitter or, or a pitcher's park, but I didn't think it'd be that bad. Um Luke Voigt, though, especially that ball that he crushed for a home run, I thought that was going to go like 500 feet, but this damn dead ball is ruining everything. Uh, but, yeah, it's really good to see Voigt starting to turn around. I think 
we really need him to be like a fifth hitter. I think fifth hitter in the lineup is perfect for him. And, um, yeah, that's what I think about Luke Voigt, man. I haven't really noticed any mechanical changes or anything. It's just you shouldn't really change your swing when you're struggling. That's my personal opinion. You really should not change your swing that much when you're struggling. And so now it's just he's starting to finally get the bat on the ball, and it's starting to fly. I just felt that he was, like, swing out of his shoes before. Like, trust me, he still swings hard. Like, he still, like, tries to kill the baseball. But it felt like he was, like, turning and, like, rotating out of his swing and stuff at times. Um, I think Chase brought up a few times that he kept pulling his head, too. Like, just, and that's, like, a classic slumping move of, like, oh, I'm, like, trying to swing and, like, kind of, like, almost, like, hit the ball so hard it puts it into, an adjust, like, a, my adjustment. Um, I think it's just a mental thing. But I think, it, I mean, that kind of happens to a lot of guys throughout their careers. Like that's you're slumping, you're improving, you know, you're going up and down a bunch. Oh no. Damn. <laughs> we thought we got away. Damn. Um, let's see what else we got. Voigt is getting used to the West coast. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Bring back 20 baseballs. Hey, so you were talking about this, right? When we're looking at this team and you're bringing up that Peco park is like the worst park right now. Right. Yep. Isn't it ideal to be in the Padres' position of, okay, we can go add a bat, we can go add a Benatendi, we can go add a guy that gets on base, that's a good leadoff hitter, and then we can have Machado and Tatis after him in the lineup and a bunch of de- – like a, like solid other contributors. Not great, like not a great lineup. But having him come in as that leadoff hitter, going and trading for a guy like that, and then having the, um, the starting pitching that they have, the top-end great starting pitching – a great closer, isn't that the recipe to win in Petco come playoff time? Because I definitely feel like it is. Yeah, bro, absolutely. It's a really good formula right now. Like, yes, I understand not a lot of hits come in this ballpark, but when you have a top five rotation in baseball, damn, bro, I kind of like it. Um, that's just me, though. And like I said, this team, yesterday's team, yesterday's lineup, today's lineup, you look at it from top to bottom, and you th- you have to expect struggling. You have to. You're missing two of, your, two of the best players in baseball. You're going to struggle. It. You're going to see them struggle. Yesterday, unfortunately, didn't go their way. Shouldn't, I mean, I thought they were going to win the ball game. I think Taylor Rogers is going to blow games. It's inevitable. I mean, everyone does it. You saw Nabil Chris Matt today. Nabil's normally been solid. Unfortunately, gives up two runs. It happens. Um, luckily, they were able to pull one out today. But, yeah, I think they have a really good formula right now. I think the formula of great starting pitching, timely hitting, I think that's what is going to keep them up – upright until fernando comes back when you look at the lineup yeah you're missing like 42 home runs yeah you this is basically what you're gonna have to do until fernando's back and you need to add a bat um i like the idea of adding benintendi and i saw it in the mlb article today it's a it's a really good idea like yeah he's not the best power bat but dude he's hitting like 316 his on base percentage has got to be absurd so i do like that idea of course i want something more of a power bat but if that's what you can get then by all means, you know, I've always liked Andrew Benintendi too, man. I'm, I'm a big Benintendi fan. Dude, it just it just makes sense too for like where the league's at in terms of like, it's a lot harder to be like a swing and miss home run guy when the baseballs are dead. It's like, it's just way more tough. Like, of course. So if you go and get, and the Padres have a bunch of guys that hit with power when the ball was juiced um, and got on base a lot and strike out a ton. Yeah. Like that's like, their whole lineup. Mm-hmm. They don't have many like salt. Like Hosmer's like Cronenworth too, but like and Cronenworth is something right now. But like 
besides like of course for Fernando and Manny because they're just superstars. But Hosmer is a pretty good hitter. Cronworth is a pretty good hitter. I wouldn't consider anyone else on the Padres a good hitter. Nah, like, they can get on base. Uh-huh. They can have some pop. Myers has some mostly has like some pop most years. He's an okay player. Like some of these guys get on like Grisham walks a ton, but he's not like a good hitter. Like you never say, oh yeah, Trent Grisham, he's a good MLB hitter. No. But like they need another guy like that. Like I think that goes a long way. Um, Iris, whenever Iris in here, he always brings it up. I, I, the Padres need to get a, a leadoff hitter. They need to get a leadoff hitter. I, th- I think he's right. I think I think that's the move. Like you hear a lot of these names that get brought up, and they're like power guys. They, they're getting another power guy back. Like they're gonna have Voight in that power slot. Yeah. They have Hosmer down the line. Like I, I don't know. I, I think that adding a leadoff hitter, a guy with speed, a guy that gets on base forty percent of the time, for Machado and Tatis would mean so much more than going and getting a guy that swings and misses a bunch and gets on base and it's kind of redundant a little bit to what they have. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Hosmer has been bad. Hosmer hitting a, is hitting a, a quiet 327. Hosmer has been cooling off. Yeah, his, his batting average. Yeah, is yeah he's, he's cooling off. The other he's... thing is he's been only hitting singles. Yeah. Now, yeah, I'll say this. If he keeps his batting average over 300, he's only hitting singles, I'm not, I'm not going to complain about him. Like that's Hell no. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, absolutely, bro. If he's doing that, shoot, sign me up. I wish if you're hitting like 270, bro, you better have like a good 20 home runs. But you know, Hosmer's not hitting 20 home runs. Unfortunately, right now for Hosmer, you look at his baseball swan and everything and you look at his past years, he's hitting the least amount of flat balls or balls in the air that he ever has. He's just hitting them hard on the ground, I guess, is what you can say. He's finding the holes. Whether you want to consider that lucky or good, that's up to you. I don't know what I consider it. I consider it both. But yeah, exactly. What what Clint said. He's always hitting like 265 and up, which is a really good batting average. But the problem was with Eric Hosmer was that yes, he would hit at a high average. He just wouldn't hit for power and he'd provide horrendous defense. I feel like he's providing okay defense right now. I feel like he's providing okay defense. Maybe even better than okay. But it's definitely not the defense that we've normally seen from Eric Hosmer. Um and then you look at it from a power standpoint, yeah, you know, he he doesn't provide much power, but He's always been a really good hitter with runners in scoring position. You know, if somebody can look that up, correct me if I'm wrong this year, but normally in the past couple of years, especially with two outs, he's always been a really good hitter with runners in scoring position. And that's the value he's bringing right now. I'm not going to complain about it, you know, because he's doing better than I thought he would. So, and, and I really only thought it'd be up until April. Yes, he's struggling right now, but still 327. I think it's dropped a good like 50 to 60 points. But at this point, I expected it to drop much more than that. So I'll take what I can get from Eric Cosman. Yeah, I noticed like I felt like he was struggling, struggling from a defensive standpoint for like a week or two when he kept doing the behind the bag thing that oh my god, that was so annoying. But he, I haven't seen him do it lately. And he hasn't I haven't seen him like really screw up in, in any way defensively. Um, Lizzie asked was Hosmer ever a home run hitter? No, not usually. He's had like some years where he's around like 20s and stuff like decent pop. Um, yeah, he crushed the A says he crushed the ball yesterday. I mean, yeah, he, he's had a few that he smoked. That just yeah. died. And some of them turned into doubles. Some of them turned into just outs. Um, but he has had a lot. Like, he's – dude, he's been hitting the ball really well if you take the whole season. Like, lately he, he yeah. might have, have, like, not, like, driving the baseball as well or as much. Yeah. Yeah. But still, over the course of the year, he's hit – and, like, early on, he was hitting a lot of balls. Because if you remember, was it, the, was it in the red series when he hit the one? He was like, finally. Like, I finally got one that yeah. went out. Because uh-huh. he was actually like smoking the baseball, so I think that's why you saw him like specifically say that. Um, but yeah, I definitely feel like that. 
Um, like yesterday was two, three, and the quiet two, three. Yeah, I think he had like an infield hit and like a dude. He might have had two infield hits. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. It was they're definitely always a quiet two for three because it's nothing is strapping, bro. They're just singles. That's it, you know. So that's why it, it doesn't get it doesn't get brought up as much as as Manny who has you know multiple home runs. He's slugging at a high clip. Like it's not gonna get brought up as much. And um, I see Steve brought up Jake Cronenworth. We've talked about Cronenworth a lot. Cronenworth is probably the main guy that everyone's talking about um, in terms of hitting struggles. And it's fair. It's fair. Absolutely. And I would love, I would love to know what his hitting splits are with him and without Fernando in the lineup. I really want to figure it out. Um, but yeah, he's struggling right now. He doesn't, he's not hitting for much power. He's not, he's hitting a lot of fly balls. I think his fly ball percentage is higher than it's ever been. His launch angle is higher than it's ever been. And I just think that you know, when he's starting to line those balls out more, it's going to get a lot better for Jay Cronenworth. It's still the same approach. I think I forgot what I saw on Twitter today. Like the difference between Jay Cronenworth is is his stance. And personally, I'll say flat out, no, that is not what is wrong with Jay Cronenworth. Everything is essentially the same about Jay Cronenworth. He's just not hit it, getting any hard contact. Um, so I think that's going to pan out, though. I really do think it's going to turn around for Jay Cronenworth. Um, soon, maybe not. I think his struggles are too heavy to, for it to be a, a quick thing, you know? But I think I think within the next week or two, I think it's going to turn around, man. Uh, he's too good of a player to keep, have this keep happening to him. I really do think he's too good of a player. His approach at the plate is the same. I don't think he chases a lot. And um, even if it's just a down year, Jake still provides a lot of value even on defense. So, um, But, yeah, I, I fully expect him to turn it around for sure. I'm also guessing that he walks almost – one of the highest amounts on this team. Like, I would expect that to be the case. Um, his chase rate is, like, super like, – he never chases. He never chases. So, I think that's a plus. Um, and, yeah, it's interesting that people are talking about his swing. Like, I know that we had talked about it before, too, Isaac, that you were saying that his angle, though, is a lot, like, he's hitting – trying to hit for more launch angle. Like, it's more upward. I do hope that's not, like, an adjustment that he tried to make that's now going to have to go and, like, kind of change it up. Um but yeah, I mean, Steve's right though. Nobody thought he was going to be struggling as much as he had this year. Like that's that's definitely true, hundred um, percent. But another thing to bring up with Cronenworth is it's it's not like he was a guy where he couldn't that he wasn't a good hitter. That was always his best off. Like he was a very pure hitter. When the Padres traded for him, it was oh they trade for this guy. Who, yeah, he's a two way player. He's a pitch. He's a you know he pitches and he hits, but hitting wise. He's a really, really good contact hitter. That was always the thing. Right now, his approach looks the same. His defense looks great. What is he not? He's not the trait that like that is makes up like his best attribute. So of course you're gonna see him like struggling a lot. Of course, it's gonna be really annoying because what have we seen him do? We've seen him be a great contact hitter in the past. We've seen him get on base at a high clip, hit 280, you know. So I think that's where the frustration is coming. I, I get it, but all we need is two weeks of Jake getting really hot and all of a sudden he's hitting a decent average. And then over the next month, he looks good. And then all of a sudden his average is almost back to where his like career numbers are. The thing that I think that we're forgetting about Jake is that every single season in 2020 and in 2021, he had a fat slump in both of those years. At the end of 2020, he was slumping hard. And if you remember when we went back to start 2021, it was kind of a question like, is Jake good or did he just get hot for a month? Because the season was so short and then he came out and he was really good to start the year. 
he in like the I think it was like back end middle or maybe like early middle. He had a big slump again. I think this is probably the worst one he's had and at the worst time because you don't have Fernando. But I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm also with you. Like, I think he's going to turn it around. Um, I get like watching him and being like, dude, this is hard because he's making contact. It's just like weak contact all the time, stuff like that. Um, but it is frustrating, too, because the one thing I'll say is that I would be extremely surprised if they ended up trading Cronenworth for Haseon Kim. Because Haseon Kim's numbers have also fallen down, and like him and Cronenworth aren't far off. They're not. Like, they're really not. Um, which which sucks, because like I still think Kim looks a lot better than he did last year. Um, but his position, like his position on this team heading into this year and heading into last year was utility infielder. He's a great utility infielder. He's a fantastic utility infielder. Um, but I don't know. I don't think that like I don't think that they would trade Cronenworth to keep Kim like or like to start Kim. I, I don't think that makes any sense. At least at this point, I think it would take a lot more slumping for that to happen. I sure hope not. He's cheaper than Kim. Much cheaper than Kim. Um, I'll pull up his baseball tomorrow right now. I just uh, not exactly. I don't want to show like the blue and the red or anything. I just want to. I, I want to look at the stats. Um, you guys can see it. No, for Jake, you can see it. I can't see you. Can you see it? Yeah, you can see it. But um, I mean, you look at his outs above average, still providing a lot of defensive value with percentages. Still 85th percentile, chase rate still high. There's still really good sprint speed. Everything's good about him except for all this blue, all the all the significant ones, right? And you look Isaac, at it. Can you zoom in a tiny bit when you go on the yeah, 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 yeah. one? Sweet. You see that? Yeah, that's perfect. All right, but. So you look at it, I mean, yes, all the important ones, average exit velocity, max exit velocity, hard hit percentage, expected batting average, expected slugging, all very low, right? And then you go look at, sorry, let me zoom out a little bit. I got to see the rest. Um, 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 average exit velocity the past couple of years, though, I mean, 2020 and 2021, essentially almost the same as this year. Max exit velo, almost the same. Launch angle is just a lot higher, 17.3 compared to 10 and 12. Um what is what else? His hard hit percentage is the same as last year's. He's just striking out quite a lot more, and he's walking at a higher clip. So you look at it; it's almost the same. It's just you're not getting the production you were getting out of him last year. Um, that's why I'm still pretty confident it's going to turn around because you look at his stats and it's like, well, you're still seeing the similar stuff that he put up last year. It's just now he's popping up a lot more, and he's striking out a lot more. When he's able to figure that out. You're going to see the same Jake you got last year. And I think it's funny because Jake is such a, a weird player among the fan base. We're like us. We love Jake. And there's some people who thought, oh, man, we should Jake, trade Jake Cronenworth or or he's not going to be that good in the future. We love Jake. I mean, we we anointed him the Cronin God, the God. Right. We love Jake. And that's why I'm so confident he's going to turn around because I've seen the type of player he is. He was a very consistent player. And I just don't think a player falls off like this. And um I mean, like I said, in like a week or two, I fully expect him to bounce back. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. And also, so question from you from like a, adjusting your swing standpoint. Do you think this is something as simple as him trying to adjust his swing to reduce to reduce his launch angle? Because I know like, oh, you want to have good at launch angle and whatnot. But it's like, it's obviously too high, right? Like, is that something that you can go and kind of like work out the kinks? Or like, how do you make that adjustment as a hitter? Dude, honestly, everything looks the same to me for Jake. Everything looks the same to me. I don't get what's going on. It's just 
a lot more fly balls than usual, whether it's he try to, you know, implement a new swing for a launch angle or whatever, but everything looks the same. Yeah, you can absolutely fix it. It's something, it's not an easy fix, but, um, you know, these players are a lot better than me. So I'm not, I don't want to say too much about it, but um, yeah, it's definitely, it, it's a little bit of a hard fix, but Jake's swing, everything looks the same to me. I, that's why another reason I think it's going to, it's going to pan out because it's still the same Jake Crono where we've seen the past two years. And there's a lot bigger sample size of him being good than, than the sample size of him being bad. And he's still providing great defense. So I don't know, man. I think it's still going to be good. That's just, I think everything is there for him to still be good. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. Let's see. I also see, um, I feel like Jake's more clutch and nails, it, it, more nails in clutch situations, defense and offense. 100%. Dude, the home run that he had last year, the three, was it a three run bomb or two run bomb in a ninth? That one oh was- man, that was against the Phillies. Dude, he destroyed. Dude, dude. That was sick. That was sick. And then he had one against the Dodgers that he destroyed. I mean, he had 22 home runs last year. Are you going to get 22 from him this year? No, probably not. But around 17 to 19 is what I, I honestly, hopefully, still expect. Because you look at you look at this team, and you see Crone probably has like what one or two home runs. Hosmer same. Hassan Kim like four, I believe it is right. Um, Manny probably has definitely has the most. You look at Manny, Manny has the most in every single category. Um, Alfaro probably has two or three. I'm not even sure about all these numbers. I know Profar has around five, six, I think it is, maybe seven. Six today, yeah. Six today. Grisham, I think today was his second. Um, and then Will has one, I think. So you're not getting much power from anyone. You're not getting much power from anyone across the league unless your name is Aaron Judge. Aaron, or er, correction, Mookie. Yeah, he has. He's already um, done it. <laughs> yeah, he definitely has. Um, unless your name is Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts has 11 home runs in May. He just took over the NL home run lead. That is absurd. That is – I don't like Mookie Betts. Okay. I lied. I like Mookie. <laughs> but, yeah, man. So he took over the lead. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I really do think Jake is going to turn it around. I I'm just, I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on. I think the ball's just going – it's just a matter of luck, bro. Like – the swing and everything's the same. It's just the ball's going in the air a lot more than usual. That's no, definitely true. Um, I see this one. Quan uh, Fam asked, I asked this before. Um, at what point do we look at the hitting coach for all the batters struggling? Here's a problem, man. Every single year, the Padres hitting coach gets fired. Every single year, they get one year, and then they're fired. It happens every single time. Like, I don't know how many years in a row, and, like, there's probably been, a, you know, there was a couple stretches but it literally feels like my entire life as a Padres fan. Oh, new hitting coach this year. Dude, I think it's the park. I think it's where you're at. This year, the dead balls don't don't hurt. There's also just not a lot of power in the lineup, too. Like, I think that's, you know, I think that's part of it as well. Um, but I don't think, like, I don't know. I don't think it's like a Chrome thing. Um, 12, oh, 12 home runs now. <laughs> Insane. Should they bench Cano? Do I think Cano has, like, two hits? I think he has like two hits. I don't. I don't think so. I, I mean, I, I mean, I think he, they should. Yes. Um, also, where's Gil? Gil was in here earlier. Gil said basically that. Um, oh, who was it? The dude that's been balling out in. Uh, Ruiz. In, Ruiz. Ruiz. Yes, yeah. Ruiz. Uh-huh. Dude, he could be. He could be called up potentially. Needs a little bit of seasoning in AAA, but he just got there. I think. I think his first at bat was a home run, right? Dude, it was a nuke. He sh- he destroyed it. Um, yeah, man. 
I, I mean, I've, we've been saying for the past week, he definitely deserves a shot. If it doesn't pan out, oh, well, it's not like you're getting much production out of the, out of the outfield in the first place. Um, but, you know, going back to the hitting coach, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, I mean, he's only been here for 47 games now. So it's like it's definitely too early to tell. And too many times it gets blamed on, blamed on the hitting coach. But you look at the lineup, like you're getting more out of Hassan Kim than you did last year. You're getting – Dude, you're getting the most out of Jerson Profar than probably any team ever has outside of the 2020 Padres. Um, who else? Eric Hosmer. Yeah, he's not hitting the ball much in there, but he is still hitting 327. Manny Machado. No coach should get any credit for what Manny Machado does. He's just a stud. Um, Luke Voigt's finally starting to come around. My Will Myers was actually doing good before he got hurt. Like, yeah, it's not the best lineup, but like we said earlier, earlier in the episode, we knew what we were going to get. We knew we weren't going to get this superstar lineup that we expected last year. And even this year, I feel like they're outperforming our expectations by a little bit, not by much, but by a little bit. And you look at the averages and stuff like that. Yeah, they're in the 20s. They're in the 20s, 23rd, whatever it is. But they're still putting up runs. They're getting on base and they have, have timely hitting. That is the, that's a winning recipe. That's what you're supposed to do in baseball. So um, it's all working out right now for the Padres. 30 and 17, man, I'll take it for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, we'll do a couple more questions and we'll take off here. But let's see what else you guys got. Um, should Tatis learn how to play to play third and let uh, let Machado and him DH? Nah, when Machado gets old, we've talked about this. We talked about this off air. When Machado gets old, and I think Chase is the one who brought this idea up. And he's like, all right, like it's all done for him being at third base. You let him bulk up a little bit and go play first, and he is 100% the best first baseman in the league. The problem is that you're done with the arm then. That's why you don't want to do it. And that's why you're not going to see it for a while. But he he has the best reactions, like like some of the most ridiculous reactions I've ever seen. He would not he wouldn't have errors. He would have like almost zero. Every single ball he would pick. It would be absurd. Um, and you'd also get way more power out of him when he's probably not going to hit for as high of an average when he's older. Just because I think you usually see that kind of adjustment. Yeah. Um, yeah, JDS says we credit pitching coach for pitching staff success. Why not hitting coach for lack of success? Should have multiple coaches like Dodd. Okay, totally. Okay, JDS totally agree about yeah, having multiple coaches. Mm-hmm. It seems like they do have a larger pitching coach staff. I don't know a ton about the hitting coach staff, honestly. I feel like it, it, it definitely doesn't get talked about as much, like you're saying, like because everyone praises Ruben. I think a lot of people, I think they, that Ruben gets so much praise and we, we credit him for the success because it's success. Like not even us, but like everyone where the hitting coach, the lineup's not having success. So like, they're not going to give them, they're not going to say anything, yeah, you know, exactly. and we I think knew. that's why, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I also don't think like, I think the lineup is, is better than the expectations. Like when not looking at it from overall, but looking at it as a pure production compared to the rest of the league, they score a lot more runs than I thought they were going to score. Yes. So I can't rip the hitting coach too much for that. I can say this lineup is not good enough. They need to get better. And I, I do say that. I, I, I think that. But I don't think it's like, oh, this hitting coach came in and screwed everyone up. So that's why I think I wouldn't I wouldn't give them like a lot of like slack. Like I wouldn't like knock them for the lack of success. Yeah, you also don't really have to coach Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, and Mookie Betts. I mean, that's the truth of it. Um but yeah, man, you're absolutely right. You know, we knew what to expect out of this lineup. They're actually getting more production than we expected. Um, so that's that's a good thing. And 47 games in, you don't really want to want to take that into evaluation for a head coach or for a, a hitting coach who's 
younger than most of your lineup, barely getting his first shot as an MLB hitting coach, I believe it is. So, um, yeah, man, I, I'm honestly impressed with what the Padres are doing right now. Yes, they're winning a lot of close ball games. Yes, their run differential isn't there, but dude, you're doing it without Fernando. And this is, we said hovering around 500, they're hovering 13 games over 500. Um, so I hope they keep it up. Uh, JDS third said we play the Cardinals, the Brewers, and the Mets in the next 10 games. Dude, I would be happy taking four or five of those because that's a very tough schedule. Um, if they beat if they beat the Cardinals, man, that's huge. We're four games up on them right now. If we're able to take that series, we're gonna be six games up on them. That that would be amazing. Um, the Brewers, obviously, we just had a tough three-game series against the Brewers. I think the Brewers are like a really, really good, they're like our kryptonite. Where you look at them, they just have amazing pitching. They're essentially us, but better. Um, they have amazing pitching and timely hitting. Um, but they don't yeah. have the star power, though. No, they don't. Yeah, I mean, right now, yeah, they don't have Tatis and and, uh, and Machado. But when you look at like their pitching, their pitching's fantastic. Um, and then they're getting production out of Urias and a, a couple other guys. Um, what's his name? God damn it, um, Tyrone T- T- Taylor, T- the, the the left fielder, Tyrone something, right? I don't know what it is. Um, getting is production. It Thomas Thompson Thomas. I know the guy. I know the guy you're talking about. Dude, yeah, I don't know the name. Um, happy birthday, Devin. Uh, but oh, yeah. yeah, walk off on his birthday. That's clutch. That's awesome, man. Did you yeah. go, Devin? Let us know if you went. That'd be mm-hmm. sick. Uh, let's see what else we got. So we're gonna take off in a second here. I want to see if Devin went today. Um, this is this is hilarious. Dude, I was thinking the same No, thing. dude, yeah, definitely, definitely, 100% for sure. Especially because, like, the walk-off was Grisham and the two runs before were pro far. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it is It is pretty hilarious. Um, Like, the two, like the only two starting outfielders in the game, too. Yeah, um, he did go Okay, to Devin the... did go to the game. Awesome, that's, 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 sick, that's sick, dude. Yeah, I'm glad you were able to go to that. Tyrone Taylor, by the way. Yeah, dude. Like I, see, I had it. I had it, bro. But I was just, I was just hesitant. Dude, that's sick. Walk off home, run on the birthday. That's the way to do it, right there. Oh my god, dude! I remember when the Padres played the Dodgers on my birthday and they got their ass kicked in 2020. I was so pissed. When's your birthday? September 16th. So it's late in season. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Profar's dude. This is true. No, it's so true, dude. It's I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's gonna keep it up either. But like, it's been true up to this point. Yeah, at least for now, bro. I mean, we've been saying somebody's got to step it up. They didn't think it'd be pro far, but I'm glad it is. <laughs> he's also one of the most valuable players defensively in the outfield too. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. I don't know if he still does, but he led. He led the MLB in outs above average. I don't know if he still leads in outs above average, but they showed a chart the other day of like it was like I forgot what the value was, but they were basically breaking him, and he was like I think he was like tied for third. I, I don't remember what it was, but he was up there. He was like way up there, and you're like, yeah, bro. damn, Profar still up there. Mm-hmm. Today he had the one where he like kind of lost it, but he, okay. The one thing is he doesn't have a salt. He doesn't have a good jump, mm-hmm. but left field's so shallow that it doesn't affect him as much, and. Somehow he has a cannon for an arm this year. I mean, I'm definitely taking it. But that makes him really good for that outfield because it's short. So, like, he's he's getting plays where he's throwing the third and throwing home a lot more. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's kind of like if you're going to have the weakness of you don't have a good jump, like, that's the place to play is left field and Petco for that outfield. So, mm-hmm. Pro- Providing a lot more value than just at the play, like you mentioned. I mean, 
very surprising too because i think we we're the lowest on profile among the outfielders and you look at it up to this point he's been our best outfielder and that's not you know just going based off at the plate but you look at um defensive run saved i believe he had already saved six recently maybe that was that's above i'm not even really sure but providing a lot of value so very 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 awesome to see from jerkson profile especially because he has such such an infectious attitude man like he's so uplifting in my opinion so yeah dude yeah though they do really get hyped when he does stuff yeah definitely um yeah he has six home runs too i saw jds asked um I had one more thing I wanted to bring up. I now I'm blanking on, but of course, I don't know who it was. I was oh I was gonna say I, I, oh this one was. He has like a seven like roughly like a seven thirty OPS, but I really wonder what that is in OPS plus. I haven't looked at it recently. Oh, because I bet it's I bet it's not like because usually that's probably under a hundred. Yeah. Or right around like not very good. Yeah. That might be like okay this year because of how low like numbers are offensively um yeah weird to see kim at third yeah but he's pretty solid at playing third i think um, i think so too are you checking the ops plus yeah i'm looking at it right now really intrigued by that let's see let's see oh man they don't even have it up i looked on baseball reference. dude devin said that last year is when uh tatis had the game tying home run and, and later won in the game dude devin that was that was like the best oh game the man year. Dude, Actually, I, no, second best, second best. I just saw that. I saw that clip today, bro. That's so hype. It's so crazy that that happened. That's such from the Astros. I mean, dude, just catch. I don't know. That was crazy though. Like, imagine dropping a fly, dropping a fly ball, a fair in foul territory, and then the guy hits it to the train tracks. I mean, I, that sucks. <laughs> what's his What's his OPS plus? Dude, I couldn't find it. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know. I think that's probably it for today, guys. Um, tomorrow we're going to talk about Abrams in center field. That will be a very fun discussion just because it's intriguing when you look at it from like a team-building standpoint, where the putters could be at, what their playoff roster will look like. So we'll have to see. We'll talk about him. Um, but happy they got the win today. I mean, that's kind of how this team has been, like winning ugly. Um, but I'll take winning ugly early in the season when you don't have your dude. Um, and of course, you could go and you're you're. I'm ex fully expecting them to not have the same lineup that they do now. Like I'm expecting them to add one to two pieces. Um, does Machado get the MVP this year? Yeah. Final question. I sure hope so, man. I bet I bet some money on him. So. Oh, I, I like the ball, but dude, that ball is so much better than Tatis's. Tatis's looks like Victor Caratini, bro. Y yep. Tatis really like does. This actually looks like Manny. So, I mean. Dude, this one's sick, though. I really like this one. He definitely deserves the MVP right now. He's the most valuable player, at least in the NL. You look at the AL, there's a couple dudes over there that are going crazy. You got Aaron Judge, you got Taylor Ward. There's a couple guys over there that are fantastic. But in the NL, I really don't feel like there's competition. I feel like it's Manny Machado. 100%. All right, guys. We will talk to you tomorrow about Abrams, and we'll probably do a couple episodes. I'm guessing that we'll go live on Wednesday. I'm pretty sure that this Cardinal series is a three-game series. Um, so if it's Wednesday, we'll go live after that game on Wednesday, maybe like 30 minutes after, hour after, just kind of how we've been doing. But thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you guys very soon.